Good morning. Welcome to another at-home virtual uh, worship experience, gathering experience. This is now, uh, what is this, week number uh, three, right? Number three. And so I think this is, we're getting a little more familiar with these unchartered territories that we are dealing with. Um, as we sort of uh, learn to adjust to sort of a new world that we're living in at this current time. And I don't think any of us really know how long that world is going to last, but um, I think we're all starting to find our way a little bit in, in and amongst this uh, the crisis and the chaos that our world is dealing with right now. And all of us are experiencing in one way or the other. So thank you this morning for finding us, especially those of you that are a part of the Antioch West family, first and foremost, may I say to you, God bless you. It's great to have you this morning. And um, uh, it is a privilege to be a part of what God is doing and to see God continue to work and operate even in this um historic time we're living with because you know what there is no virus that's bigger than god there is no difficulty that's bigger than god god is bigger than all of this and that's not just a cliche that's not just something we say because it sounds good i believe that and i hope today that you believe that and i know that god is bigger than a church building god is bigger than a uh any facility that we may worship together in on sunday morning and i believe that the bible says not by my not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I believe that we can be united together in word and spirit, even though we are isolated in most of us in our homes today. Maybe a few of you have gathered together with somebody. Maybe you're gathering together this morning with your family, your spouse, or maybe some others in the house. And so you have some kind of interaction, but a lot of you are by yourself. But to know that we don't have to... Uh, exist that way when we have the spirit of God in us and we're connected to the body of Christ and being connected to the body of Christ is bigger than just simply coming together, but we can be connected to the body of Christ in, in our faith and in our spirit. So thank you this morning for joining with us today. Thank you for being a part of this and thank you for learning how to just adapt in the, uh, in, in, in the, in the insanity that we're living with today and that we're dealing with. So God bless you this morning. I pray that all of you are staying safe, uh, that you are uh, being wise, not fearful, but wise in what you are doing. I know a lot of you are still having to venture out for work. A lot of you are still dealing with some other circumstances, and um, I pray that the blood of Jesus is continuing to cover you every day. Praise God. Let's do this if we can this morning, right where you are, right where you're watching this I would ask for you today if you could join with me and let's pray together and let's ask God to be with us this morning and let's ask God to work in our hearts and our lives today and let God move. Praise God. I think I'm having some sound issues. One second here. This is all new to me as well, so apologize here. I think I might be having a little bit of sound issue. I've got a different setup here today, and so I'm working on getting this. Uh... All right, looks like I'm f I am got fixed it there. So apologize. 
this is all new to me. It's technically something different uh, there, so it looks good. So let's do this. Let's join together if we can this morning, and let's pray. Because I don't want this just to be just a few minutes of your time this morning so that we can kind of check off that, oh, yes, we did the church thing. Uh, We cannot afford in this time that we are living in to do the church thing. There is, first of all, there is never a time I think we can just say we do the church thing. But now more than ever, we cannot, cannot have the attitude, let's just come together on Sunday morning and, um, you know, maybe I've watched all my shows this week and I've got nothing left. So let's just tune in and see what uh, Pastor Joel or whoever, uh, everybody's online this morning, I'm sure, somewhere. So let's just tune in to see what someone's saying. But we cannot afford to have that attitude. Uh, We can't afford just to say, well, let's just get this over with and go on. We need the Spirit of God, the power of the Holy Ghost to move on us today to begin to continue to work in our lives, transform our lives as we move through this day by day. So I'm asking you, if you would, right where you are. Um, You know, the great thing about this is sometimes in a public gathering, we may be uncomfortable praying uh, next to somebody, especially if we're sitting next to somebody that we don't know. But in this opportunity, uh, we can pray uh, to we can pray out loud, and nobody really uh, is going to hear us. And maybe your family's around, but hopefully you feel comfortable enough to pray in front of your family. So let's pray together. And I'm going to ask you this: Number one, if you're not going to, if you if you don't feel comfortable praying, maybe you could just close your eyes and just take a moment and just just meditate or think on on Jesus for a moment. But I'm asking you if you would join with me this morning for a few moments and let's pray together. I know it's kind of strange that we are praying through this sort of technology virtual medium. And I know for some of you that might feel weird, but I believe the other night I was on a on a um uh, a, a video conference with um, our life group leaders here at Antioch West. And in the midst of that, we just begin to pray. And even though we were all on our screens or our phones or our tablets or our PCs, and a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot of us were sitting at home, maybe in our lounging clothes or our PJs, and we were just chilling. When we begin to pray together, you could feel the power of God begin to just radiate even through the screens and technology that might limit our physical interaction, but it cannot stop our spiritual interaction. And so I want to ask you, if you would, to join with me this morning, and let's pray together. We need God's divine power. We need God's divine anointing. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to move on us today. I'm praying in the name of Jesus that the power of the Holy Ghost would penetrate into every home that's watching this today, into every life that is watching this today. For those of you that are a part of Antioch West, and for those of you that may not be a part of Antioch West, but somehow, some way, you may have found us this morning, and you are dealing with this crisis uh, in the best way you know how. I believe today that the power of God can touch you and minister to your heart as we pray and we seek God. So let's do that today. Father, I thank you for your great, your great, your grace and your mercy. Father, I thank you for even in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this crisis, that you still are God and that you are great and you are powerful, and you are awesome. 
And Lord, I pray right now by the power of the name of Jesus and by the authority of the word, I speak right now in Jesus' name that your power and your spirit would be loosed right now in Jesus' name into every home, over every life that is watching this morning. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would not just participate in some kind of religious ritual or religious uh, 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 activity, but today, God, by the power of your spirit, that the anointing anointing would break the yoke, that bondage would be free today, that fear would be broken off, that depression would be shattered, that chains of bondages would be loosed, that that spirits would be lifted up, that hope would return into hearts that have been darkened with fear and sadness and depression. I speak it now in the name of Jesus, by the power of the word, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, we give you this day. We give you this time together in this virtual medium that you have blessed us with to be able to connect even in the time of isolation that we can still come together and be together. Even if it's not physically, we can be together spiritually. And I pray now, Lord, that you would loose your presence and your power, that it would just go throughout all of us that are a part of Antioch West and those that are watching this morning, that we would feel the power of your love. We would feel the power of your spirit working in us today in Jesus name. Father, we give you praise today. We thank you. Why don't we just take a moment right now and join with me? We are not right now, as you can see, I'm coming coming to you from our house uh, and um, we don't have the ability here to have singing or worship together. We're working on some ways that we may be able to worship together, but we don't have that today. But let's do this. The Bible says you've got a song in you. You might not have a song on the screen today. We, you may not have a song that we're going to sing together, but everybody in you today has a song. As the old saying says, and we've said it a thousand times, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. And I know right now in the midst of chaos, I know right now in the midst of all of this uncertainty and this crisis, that it feels like fear and panic and worry and doubt. But can I say to you today that when I think about the goodness of Jesus and the fact that I'm still sitting here and you're still sitting here, and yes, we may be dealing with things we've never dealt with before, but our God is faithful. And when I begin to think about Jesus and I begin to reflect on him and I begin to magnify him, that he gets bigger than any virus, he gets bigger than any pandemic. And so let's just take a moment right where you are and maybe if you feel comfortable doing so, would you lift up your hands and worship right from your couch, right from your home, right from your kitchen table, right from your bedroom, wherever you are, if you're watching from a car, would you lift your heart, lift up your hands right now? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Would you lift up your hands and let's just begin to magnify the name that is above every name? How awesome is it today that we're not worshiping God from a central location, but now worship and praise is coming up all across this county, all across the state. And if you're watching us from anywhere else, that worship is happening. Father, we give you praise. We magnify your name. We worship you and exalt you for you are great and you are greatly to be praised. I worship you today, God. I magnify you today. I exalt your name. You are great. I exalt your name and you are great. 
I give you praise and worship and honor. I thank you, God, for who you are. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for your kindness. I thank you for your grace and your mercy that sustains us even in the midst of our crisis. I give you praise and glory and honor. I magnify you today, God, for you are great. 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 I worship you today, Father. Father, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for touching hearts today. Thank you, Father, for giving strength and hope today. Thank you, Father, for lifting us up out of the depression. Thank you, Lord, for lifting us up out of fear. Thank you for lifting us up out of doubt. Thank you for lifting us up out of worry. I thank you in advance today, Father. Oh, I worship you today. I magnify you today. Father, right now, there are people that are watching this that are Maybe they're isolated because of a sickness or isolated because of some existing health condition and they've isolated themselves and they feel alone. But I believe, God, as we worship together, as we pray together, that you can penetrate the walls of that bedroom right now and that you can touch them in their heart and lift them up in their spirits. And I give you the praise and glory today for doing that now in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 God bless you. Wow. I don't know about you. I know it sounds funny and I'm not trying to be just, uh, you know, overly bubbly today, but I just love the fact that when we begin to do that, I can feel it. I know I'm not just saying that again. I'm not saying reach out and touch your television screen right now and we'll buy. I'm not, you know, we're not going down that road. So again, you, you know, you don't need to be touching the screen, but when we touch God we become together and you can feel it, man. You could feel the power of God. And you know, those of you that just did that a few minutes ago and sincerity, when you begin to worship in sincerity, I believe you begin to feel God fill your house, fill your bedroom, fill your car, wherever you may be watching today. You could feel that praise God. Amen. I want to share with you something today. And, and, and I know boy, right now there is a thousand words out there. My wife and I were laughing the other day, not in a mocking way. We're just kind of, it was kind of funny right now that everybody right now has a word from God. I mean, everybody does. I mean, it doesn't matter. You go online, man, Facebook, people are giving words out and Instagram people are giving words out and my goodness. And YouTube, they're giving words out. I think they're just putting letters in the mail and sending them out with words in it. God is just, apparently right now, God's working overtime, giving out words. And so... It's not my desire today just to bring you some another word, to give you a word. But I want to share something in from my heart. Yesterday in the middle of just kind of going about sort of this routine um, and just sort of the, I guess in some ways, the mund, mundane condition we're all dealing with um, right now. It feels like we're in perpetual Groundhog Day. Um in the middle of that, I feel like God spoke three words to me. He worked. He spoke the words stop, reflect, and react. Stop, reflect, and react. And uh, Or you could say stop, listen, and react. I want to talk to you about this thought process of stop, listen, and react. Um, and, and I feel like God spoke that to me today. And not just to help you 
just sort of maintain. Uh, you know, I don't want this. We've, we've got to be careful. And, 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 and let me share this with you. And if you're watching us today and you maybe you've never joined us uh, before and you're new and you don't know anything about us. Um, first of all, we're a church that doesn't believe in religion. We're a church that believes in having a true relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not a church that believes in just a Sunday morning experience with God, but we're a church that believes in having an everyday walk with Jesus Christ. So if you've never experienced that and all you know about God is what you've experienced, maybe because you went to church when you were younger, or maybe your family was a was this type of religion or that type of religion. And so maybe that's the framework in which you come to this broadcast this morning. Let me ask you if you would, it's a challenge, but let me ask you if you could just put that aside for a moment. Let's put religion. You know, the great thing about this pandemic has, it sort of has just absolutely stripped away religion because in this situation, religion is powerless. Religion doesn't hold any true significance that we are truly in, in an ability to experience a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I said all that to say that today, if we're not, if we're not careful, let me have, let me, let me get it out here correctly, that all this pandemic and all this crisis that we're dealing with is just going to be a big game of musical chairs. What I mean by that is we're all going to be sort of walking around in a circle waiting for the music to stop. And then when the music stops, we're all going to try to find a chair. And yes, there may be one or two of us that are left with no place to sit, but most of us are going to find a chair to sit down when the music stops. And if we're not careful, that's all it's going to be. And a year from now, two years from now, all this is going to be is simply a memory. It's just going to be a thought. It's just going to be a, hey, laughing. Hey, remember the time we were stuck in our home for weeks and weeks and weeks because we couldn't go out? It's just going to be a footnote in, the, in, in, our, in, our, in our timeline of our life. That's all it's going to be. That's all we're going to experience. But I believe that God doesn't just want this to be a footnote in our lives or a, a just a just a time for us to chill at home. But I believe God's giving some of us the opportunity to, to stop, to listen, and to react. And so I believe if you would listen today, if you would just take all that, what I just said, if you've come with a religious background, put that aside, and we'd all just kind of take this chaos and set it to the side, and we would stop, listen, and react. I believe by the end of this few minutes of talking with you today that God's going to help you and that you're not going to look at this pandemic as just a big game of musical chairs where you're just going to sort of, let's just walk around in a circle waiting for the music to stop when we can resume. Okay, when's uh, when's our governor, uh, wherever state you're in, or when's the president going to, when are they going to, all clear, all clear, and we're all going to go back to our lives as if nothing has happened. First of all, I don't think that's going to happen quite that way, but maybe you think that's the way it's going to happen. But even if it does, and they called all clear, and all this was a big game of musical chairs, uh, it's not going to profit you anything. So I'm asking you, if you would, for the next few minutes, if you would just put all that aside, you would bring your heart and your mind into focus and say, God, speak to me today. If you've never experienced God to a, to a level where you know the true reality of what it's like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, can I challenge you today that you would just simply maybe have the thought, Lord, 
I could really use your help today. Could you speak to me? I believe God will. Amen. So let's look at some things this morning, if we can. I want to bring two scriptures to your attention. These are going to be sort of our um, our themes for the next few minutes, and we'll we'll refer back to these uh, in the next few minutes as we kind of get a little deeper into this. First one is Psalms forty six verse ten that says, "Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth." Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. Exodus 14, verse 13 says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. In 1799, there was a young man by the name of Conrad Reed who was fishing out in, I believe it was North Carolina. He was out fishing on this little stream called Little Meadow Creek. And in the process of his fishing and all of the things that were happening, he discovered this 17-pound rock. He discovered it. He took this rock home not knowing what it was, and um, because it didn't seem to be anything of significance, he placed it uh, at the entranceway to the house. And for three years, this 17-pound rock was basically a doorstop for the family. It was a something that sat in front of the door and just acted as a doorstop. It was a something that just sat there and they walked by not really understanding or knowing what it was. And for three years they did this. This rock sat there, not being known what it was, not, not, not understanding its value. For some particular reason, I don't know, the story didn't tell, doesn't say why, but Conrad's father, John, in 1802, decided to take this rock to someone to discover what it was made of. I don't know what made him do that, but he decided to do that. So he took his rock to a to a to a to a jeweler, a gemologist, somebody who could maybe tell him the the makeup of this rock. And to his surprise and to all of the family's surprise, they discovered that this 17-pound rock was actually gold. And today this 17-pound rock is one of the biggest pieces of gold ever found intact east of the Rocky Mountains. But for three years, it laid as a doorstop in the family's house, set there unknown, unused, and the value of it was not known. So therefore it had no worth. And it wasn't until they determined the composition of the rock that they were able to determine the value of the rock. Can I tell you this today that for some of us, maybe there are some things in our lives that have just been set aside in our daily routine, in the hustle and bustle of life, going here and going there. It's amazing how we thought we were so busy, but now that everything has been shut down, we actually realize we're not really that 
we not really got a lot more time to realize. We spend a lot of our time filling ourselves up with a lot of stuff. So now life has come to a complete stop. And now we're forced to have to look at some things that usually in a normal life cycle, a normal hustle and bustle of going and going and going and going and going and going and going. We never stop and look at. And I believe that if we would allow God to help us, that there are going to be some things in the middle of this crisis that we're going to determine the value of some things that we did not know were even valuable before we entered into this. For some of us, there's going to be some things in our life that we just thought were some doorstops, some rocks that were just set in the in our spiritual house or in our natural house that had no true value or we didn't understand its true worth. But if we allow God to help us by the time he, be, he, he, he finishes the work he starts, we're going to see the value of some things in our life. The three most common words that you can find that, especially among Christians in a time of crisis, and I'm not just talking about the crisis that we're facing now. I'm talking about any crisis. Obviously, this is a massive thing that we're dealing with right now, but this is not the first crisis we've been through, nor it will be the last crisis we are have. Well, we will go through. Whether this is a global crisis, whether it's a national crisis, whether it's a local crisis, whether it's a family crisis, or whether it's a personal crisis. This is not the first, nor will it be the last crisis we go through. We understand that. But usually we find that one of the things that people say the most during crisis is something like these three words, Lord, do something. And it's really against our human nature. It's really just, it's not in our human nature uh, to, to stop and do nothing. A lot of us are fix-it by nature. We're going to figure out a way. You know, that's sort of the American spirit, right? We talk, people say that all around. It's an American thing to figure out a way. You know, so I think, I don't know who it was. Uh, I, I can't remember. There's been so many things posted, so many press conferences, so many speeches. I can't remember who it was, but somebody said, hey, you know, America, let's go find the, 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 um, the, the, um, cure to this virus. Let's go, let's go create the vaccine that's going to solve this virus. That's the American spirit, right? We are America, man. We're going to go fix this. We're going to go, we're going to go find a way. It's the American dream. You can be born into nothing, but through hard work and determination, you can rise yourself out of poverty. You can rise yourself out of chaos and you can reach the American dream. Whatever that is, you can reach it. So that's sort of the, 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 the culture that we live in for those of us that live in America. And the problem with that culture is it changes the way we think, right? It changes our mindset. And if we're not careful, that comes over into our spiritual walk as well. And so it's really difficult that we're in the middle of crisis. We're going to fix it. We're going to find a way out. We're going to do something. We're going to... Ooh, we, we, we got to figure this out. We got to go, you know, I got I to I work my way out. And a lot of us end up digging deeper holes trying to fill in the hole we're in. And trying to fix one hole, we actually just dig a deeper hole. And I can't tell you, my goodness, I, I could just go on for days just in my personal life of 
holes that I've dug. And instead of relying on God to help me, I just dug a deeper hole. So when we are facing crisis and we kind of have this mentality, you know, like we're all sitting around going, okay, God, do something. I mean, come on, you know, do something, you know, save us out of this, uh, if this coronavirus, God, you know, come on, you're all powerful. And, you know, I mean, people are quote scriptures and people are on Facebook, you know, giving out words from God that God's going to deliver us. And God's going to keep us and all this stuff. And man, we're, we're all like, you know, God do something, you know, eradicate this. And people are rebuking. I mean, you know, some churches are having bind the coronavirus prayer meetings and we're do cause you know, God, you got to do something. You, I mean, if you don't do something, you're not God. And that's sort of the mentality we have. But I wish that was only the case in the coronavirus. Because when, let's be honest, that's really the case in a lot of the situations we go through, right? Whether it's the coronavirus or it's another situation we do we go through, we have the mentality, God, do something. Because it's very hard in our human nature to to be willing to just stop, to just stand still, do nothing when we're facing sort of these perplexing trials and situations. In fact, sort of waiting patiently on God and, and and waiting for God to act, probably one of the most difficult things about this Christian walk. Patience is probably one of the hardest things to learn when you're learning how to walk with Jesus Christ. And so it's really hard for us to handle that. And I've seen even the most devoted Christians, even the most devoted believers, panic in times of crisis. We're not, none of us, none of us, no matter who you are, no matter how um, how spiritual you think you are today, none of us are immune to uh, fear and panic and worry and doubt. None of us are. And if you think you are, can I say it today? You're a fool. You're a fool. Because all of us are, are susceptible. Now, you may not deal with it as much as others, but we're all susceptible. And sort of when we get into this mindset, we constantly kind of give God, you know, uh, uh, deadlines, if you want to call it that. You know, we say, Lord, uh, you know, when are you going to do something about this? How long are you going to take? You know, Lord, your word says you're faithful. Now, God, because your word says you're faithful, you need to do something. It's we're basically, you know, what, in lack of a better term, we're trying to manipulate God. Can I tell you this? God doesn't do the manipulation game. If you think today you're going to finally find the cure to uh, figure out how the correct... We have Alexa in our house. And um, we, use, we use that. I know some of you are like, oh my goodness, you got, a, you got that... I can't say I can't say it too loud because I actually have them in my room. So if I say it, it might turn on. God knows what it's going to start playing. Uh, so uh, maybe I should say the name, and someone at Amazon who's listening today can hear the word, hear the word of the Lord today. No, I'm just joking. I know some of you're like, "Oh my God, you have that in your house? Don't you know that they're listening?" I guess I'll just. In fact, if someone at Amazon really wants to listen, they're going to get, they're going to be very entertained by the chaos in our house. And also, they're going to be very bored. So, Amazon, if you're listening today, God bless you. Jeff Bezos, 
Can you fix Prime? Because I'm paying money for it to be here in two days. And for goodness sake, it took six days just to get my package. So if you are listening because I have this in my house, would you please fix the Prime issue so we can get our packages? Bless God. So we've got this um We've got this device, and again, I, I don't want to say the word because she's right next to me, and she's going to turn on and start playing music. But we have this Amazon device spelled A-L-E-X-A. The problem with that is we've, we've got these lights in our house that are connected to A-L-E-X-A. Apparently, she can't spell because she's not turning on. So when you say, let's call her Sandy for now so she doesn't turn on. When you say Sandy... Turn on the lights. She usually says, I don't understand that command or something to that nature. The fact is, it's really cool technology and it actually works. But the only way it works is you've got to get the exact words right. And in our house, we've got our kitchen. We have little switches that are hooked into our uh, A-L-E-X-A. And you can... Uh, turn on our kitchen lights if you say, Sandy, turn on kitchen main. And she'll respond back to turning on kitchen main. And next thing you know, boom, lights come on. It's like, oh, this is great. Until you have kids who want to just turn lights on and off all the time because they can control it and they think it's cool. And you're like, my God, okay, everyone leave her alone. Stop. But the point I'm making is, is that the issue with the technology is super cool but it doesn't work unless you get it specifically correct. You got if you say, um, Sandy, turn on some lights in 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 uh, the kitchen for me. She'll say kitchen doesn't support that command. You're like, Sandy, listen to me, sister. Turn on some lights. I can't see. I can't understand your command. Would you like to turn on some lights? I'm like, yes. Which lights would you like to turn on? I'd like to turn on the kitchen. Kitchen doesn't support that. Because I have to say, Sandy, turn on kitchen main. If I don't say that specifically like that, she don't listen. So, Mr. Jeff Bezos, if you're watching me this morning, can you please fix that? Because it drives me and it drives my wife crazy. Because she can't get Sandy to turn on her lights. The reason I say that is, if you think God's like A-L-E-X-A, and you think you're going to find the command... For God, so he can get you out of your problem, get you out of your situation, or turn your life around, it doesn't work. Trust me, you can throw every every single um, uh, command out there in the book. God, turn on kitchen main. God's going to say, yeah, I don't support that. God, I need you to get out of my crisis. Yeah, I don't support that command. God, you better do something with this life because you know my life is going down. Uh, I'm sorry, God doesn't support that command. That's all you're going to get back. You're going to be like, God, can you not see God? We got this pandemic and I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. And I don't know if I'm going to have a job when I get back and I don't have money and how am I going to feed my family and how am I going to do this? So God, you've got to do something. Uh, God doesn't support that command. You can't find the correct words to say to manipulate God into doing something because you want him to do it. That's not faith. That's manipulation. 
So if you think today, you know, if you come on today, you're like, okay, all right, all right, man. Okay, I, you're, you're the 17th person on Facebook I've watched. Now, you're going to tell me something I need. If you don't, I'm going down. I'm scrolling down my page to somebody else because I need a word from God today. My goodness. If you want a word from God, today is the day. I'm telling you, if you're bored with me, just go back on Facebook. Keep scrolling. I guarantee you're going to find somebody else out there. It's going to be up there on their pulpit or their home or their couch or wherever they are telling you, my God, all of you out there in television land, I'm giving you a word today. And you're going to be like, oh, I got a word. I got a word. <laughs> at least I got my wife laughing. So she's right here. I got, at least you may not be laughing, but I got some audience. No, I'm just joking. Um, the point I'm trying to make is, is that there's an old song that says he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on, right on time. God doesn't work according to your time. God doesn't work according to my time. He works according to his time. So sometimes you got to stop, you got to reflect, and you got to react. I believe today that God is really searching for people on this earth that will truly trust him in every crisis, every trial, and every hopeless situation. I believe that today. And you know what? Here's the problem we have to grasp. And I want to talk to you for a few moments on this. This is so hard for us to really understand. God often leads us into situations like we're in that are alarming, that are difficult, that are critical, that are overwhelming. He does these things. Why? Because sometimes he wants to see, are you willing to stand still and get out of the way and let him be God? Are you willing to rely on faith and trust to connect with him? Are you going to try to figure it out? Are you going to try to manipulate? The Bible says very clearly in Psalms 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And the literally the word order there is actually literally means prearranged, step by step, fixed or ordained by God. So that means every step that I take if I'm walking with Jesus is ordained by God. So if I'm walking with Jesus and I find myself in crisis and difficulty, guess what that means? You ready? Let's swallow together. That means God brought me into that situation. Oh, oh, I can see some of you right now. You're about to turn me off before you touch that television dial. Do not turn me off because I'm telling the truth today. I'm speaking the word that even in the midst of some of the most difficult crisis, whether it's coronavirus or some other thing that we're going to deal with in the future. If you're walking with God and you go into trials, circumstances, difficulties, situations, guess what? You have to come to the understanding and you have to grasp the reality that God brought you into that because your steps are predetermined by God. What does that mean? It's not the devil. So you can bind the coronavirus all you want. But if God brought us into this and God has ordained this, Guess what? You can't rebuke the one who doesn't have the authority. God's the one who has the authority. God does. So if you think the devil has the authority in this situation, you don't know what you're talking about. It's God that's got the authority. 
So you can cry out today, oh God, God, why are you allowing this crisis to continue? God, when are you going to let us get back to our lives? God, I can't stay at home anymore. Oh my goodness, God, I, I can't do this. God, I can't get up every day and just, and just stay at home. You got to help me. Help me, help me, God. But the problem in, and the truth is, not only is God allowing some of us to go through our trials, but he's actually doing so deliberately. <laughs> oh, sometimes I don't even have to see your face. I can just feel it. I can just feel that. Just psh, it hit somebody just now that God is not just back there going, well, hmm, okay, um, let me see here. Um, should I stop the coronavirus? Mm, let me see here. Oh, hey, Gabe, Mike, come over here, guys. Let's talk about this. Um, do you guys think I should stop the coronavirus? Uh, Gabe, what do you think? Uh, okay, good good point. Michael, what do you think? Um, uh, well, Michael, I don't really agree with you. Let, let me think about it for a second. Should I stop the coronavirus? I don't know, guy. I don't know. I don't know right now. You know, I don't know. I'm going to think about it for a few days. I, you know, people are suffering, but meh. I'll, when I get around to it, I, you know, there's 7 billion people on this earth. How do they expect me to be able to take care of all these people? I don't think God's up there doing that right now. I don't. And so if God's not doing that, then it means, you know, maybe some of us, he's allowed deliberately let us walk this road. Very difficult for us. And that's so hard for us to accept. So if you're sitting here going, I don't believe with you. I don't believe that. I believe God takes care of us. I believe God loves. I believe our life should be about prosperity. And God, our life should be about, you know, everything in my life being, if I come to God, everything in my life should be great, right? You know, get a Bible. If you don't know how to spell it, it's B-I-B-L-E. Go get one. Not somebody's opinion of the Bible. Don't go find a book about the Bible. Go get the Bible. Because if you read the Bible, you'll find out that that trash, that if you come to God and your life's going to be perfect and you're never going to have a difficulty and you're only going to have great days and your life is going to be some kind of utopia, is not true. Not true. Not true. In fact, it, it's so far from the truth. And if we go back to scripture, we're going to find that there are some really big examples. And I could go all day long about examples in the Bible that talks about God leading his people into places of, of, of difficulty and places of crisis for a purpose. To stop, to listen, and to react. Let's go back and, and, and look at an example. We find it in the Old Testament, and um, we find that the children of Israel had been in bondage in Egypt for hundreds of years. This fellow named Moses shows back up on the scene, and there were seven plagues and ended with the last plague, which was the death angel and blood was over the doors and, and, and on the, on the posts of the doors and the death angel passed all this stuff. It's a fascinating and amazing story. If you've never read it, you need to go back and read it. It's in the book of Exodus. And so there's this moment, right? We've, we, we, you've got a nation, not a few people, not a family, not a couple of people hanging out. There was no social distancing going on here. This was a nation that came out of Egypt and, they were being led by God, not a man, by God. 
Now, I know you say, well, Moses was leading him. Well, Moses was leading him, but Moses was being led by God, so ultimately God was leading him. So they were led by God out of Egypt. And they cross over and they come to the Red Sea and they find themselves boxed in, led by God. It wasn't the devil that led them there. It wasn't Pharaoh that forced them there. God led them. In fact, the Bible is very clear that God led them with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. So not only were they like, ooh, where's God leading us? Ooh, God, oh, I'm hit my microphone here for a second. Spooky mister, let's find, where's God? They weren't even doing that. It was like GPS straight from heaven. They got up every morning, looked up and said, okay, where's the cloud taking us today? I mean, how, how cool, have you ever seen that commercial? Um, what's the name of the company? Um, it's a retirement wealth planning company. Oh, um, I think it starts with an A. What's the name of it? So I know someone's yelling it right now online. Uh, it's a commercial, and it, it's it, they show the people living there, living out their life, and it's talking about financial planning for your future. And in the um, in the commercial, there's a green line that appears in front of the person, and they just walk that line. And it's supposedly like your path to wealth and path to retirement. And you walk this line. And so uh, I think it's Fidelity. I think that's the name of it. Fidelity Mutual or something like that. It's this commercial. And, 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 and you, you know, if you come and get a Fidelity financial planner, they'll map out your life so you can retire and, and take care of your family. And the commercial illustrates that point by giving a green line. And all you have to do is follow the green line. How cool would that be for me to, for to get up in the morning and when you step out of bed, there's a green line to the bathroom and you just go in there and there's a green line and you do your thing and then you there's a green line to your car and there's a green line to work and there's a green line to wherever and all you have to do is just turn your brain off whoop, and follow that green line. And you're like, man, you just get up in the morning and say, okay, God, where's your line taking me today? And all you do is just follow the green line. I mean, come on, how cool would that be? walking with God, if there was just a green line for you to follow. But let's say that green line you were following today led you into an impossible situation. What would you do? Oh, I must have missed it. What? Okay, someone tricked me. Who got the paint out? Because you, you marked my line up. That's what we would think, right? Because certainly God could never lead me into an impossible situation. No way God would ever lead me into a difficulty where there's no way out. Oh, that can't be God. God's always got my back. But the Israelites were getting up every day following the green fidelity line. That's all they were doing. They were following line, following line, following line. And guess what that old line took them to? The edge of the Red Sea. I oh, know, by the way, there was a mountain on one side, a mountain on the other, and there was a Red Sea in front of them. And oh, by the way, guess what? There was an escape route out the other way, back to Egypt, but there was a slight problem because off in the distance, they could hear the rumbling of chariot horses and the hooves of the horse beating on the ground. So now what do we do? What do we do? We got a mountain on one side. We've got this on one side. We've got a. We've got. We're we're in the middle of this mountain pass, and we've got the Red Sea in front of us. Nowhere to go front because I mean we all can't swim. I mean I got my grandma wish me she can't. She's ninety years old. She can't swim. 
And I got, you know, my son, he's two. He can't swim. I can't get across. We got nothing. We don't have boats. We got nothing. I've got, again, I've got some livestock with me. We're doomed. We're doomed. Can't go north. Can't go south. And certainly, my God, here comes Pharaoh. He is ticked off. We're all going to die. Oh, no. And so what's the first thing that you and I would do if I was in situation? First thing I would do is, what did I do? I miss God. Oh, I know. I miss God. Where did I miss God? And you know what most of us would start doing, especially those of you that have been around, uh, you, you've walked with God for a long time. You know what we start doing? Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. I know I, I know I failed. I know I have sinned. Oh, God, forgive me. And then you start, you start asking God to forgive you stuff you didn't even do. In fact, you start asking God to forgive you for stuff other people did. I mean, come on. You start saying, oh, God, forgive, forgive my neighbor because I know they, they, I know God. I know what they've been doing. Forgive them. Oh, forgive. For, I mean, you just start asking God to forgive you for everything. Why? Because you figure the only way you're in this situation is because you did something wrong. You never stop and think, wait a minute, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So now you have this situation. And here they are, right? They're in this impossible place. No escape route. And the only real escape route was back into the wilderness. And guess what? That wasn't going to work because guess who's coming? Pharaoh. And he's mad. So now... And let me point out this, okay? Let's just point out the obvious for the next minute. Is God could have easily prearranged a situation where he could have knocked the wheels off the Egyptians. He could have left them stranded in the desert with nowhere to go, and they could have drowned. I mean, they could have died of thirst. Uh, he could have easily struck them down with the word. He could have easily sent a, a, a whirlwind, a sandstorm. He could have done any of that. He's God. And these are his people. He could have done any of that, but yet he didn't. He didn't do any of that. And all of this was trying to do something in Israel. He didn't do anything. In fact, all he did was squeeze Israel into this tight, alarming situation or a crisis that had an impossible escape by human means now there's the key word he put them in a situation that humans could not get out of right now you know what for a lot of us we are in a situation where we cannot get ourselves out of this through human effort yeah there'll be a day i get it yes i got it okay i never heard someone just say well oh well they're going to eventually find a vaccine and we're all going to be free of this you're right congratulations you read a book you're, you're right. But the fact of the matter is, do you honestly think this is the first situation we've been in where there's no answer? Or can I, can I just ask this? Have you ever been in a situation where you had no answer? If you're a bit, if you're, if you've been living on this earth more than about two minutes, most of us have been in situations that there was no human answer for none. So what was God trying to do? Well, there's a couple things I think in this particular situation, and we're going to finish up here in a minute, and I'm going to try to tie all this together. But number one, God was determined to annihilate Israel's enemy, and they would never have to deal with this enemy again and deal with this fear on their shoulder. So in essence, God was saying this, I'm going to, sh going to absolutely uh, destroy your enemies bodies along the shore so you 
So you can see, I'm going to show you that you're going to watch, you're going to stand on the shore, watch the, your enemy die in that river. You're not, I mean, in, in this sea, you're not going to have to hear about it. I'm going to show you, I'm going to let you see it happen. Then, then you will know that I'm God. I have all power. And the second thing is, I believe God wanted to provide an opportunity for his people to put their lives in his hands, to stand still, to trust him and to give direction to them. You say, well, how do we know? How do we know that God actually arranged this situation? Well, the Bible says he did. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse two says this, thou shalt remember all the ways which the Lord, your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to prove you and to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. What did we talk about in the beginning of this? I gave the little illustration about the rock. You didn't know the value until you were until the rock was tested to determine, wow, this 17-pound doorstop we had is actually 17 pounds of gold. Do you know what? If you would let God test you in some of this, you're going to find that you have golden faith inside of you. You've got gold inside of you. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, saith the Lord. By the spirit. If you've got the spirit in you, you're going to determine in this crisis, you've got something in you that's greater than any coronavirus or any other crisis you're going to face. The verse we just read spells it out clearly. All the ways which the Lord led you. Meaning, God led you in all these ways. It wasn't the devil doing this. It was God doing it. But why would God do this? Why would God do this? That same chapter a little later, verse 16, verse 16 tells us why he did it. That he might humble you, that he might prove you to do good at thy latter end. We're beginning to see this picture. So in essence, God was saying this. God was saying this. I was after something in you, so I brought you into these situations so you could Practice your faith. And it's only these kinds of circumstances that can produce true faith in you. So I brought you here to produce faith. I brought you here to show you that what you thought was just a doorstop in your life was actually gold, but you didn't know it was gold until you were put in a situation that I could test it and I could show you what was in you. Oh, somebody say amen, please. I can't hear you, but say amen. Hey, I got an amen in the, over in the cheap seats. So God's saying, I've done this because I've done this to punish you. I haven't done this to hurt you. I haven't done this to, to wreck your lives. I've done this because there's something in you I'm trying to get out of you. Oh, I'm so excited about to come out and seat. He's trying to get something out of you. So God hasn't punished us by bringing the coronavirus in our lives. Oh, God. Oh, why you let the coronavirus mess with my world? Oh, I can't go out without gloves and a mask. I can't go out without someone getting next to me and sneezing on me. I can't do it, God. God bless my poor wife. Love her to death. When she goes out, she holds her breath. We, we don't have masks. She holds her breath. We're all doing that right now. We had a guy behind us the other day sneeze. My goodness. When he sneezed, I was like, that's it. We're all done. It's over with. It's finished. He sneezed. I mean, droplets of coronavirus all in the air. We're like, it's over with. It's it, Kate. Hold me. We're going down. I could just feel the sneeze. It was happening. I mean, and I turned around. The poor fellow was behind me in line, and he had another sneeze coming, and my he was 
He was trying to hold it in. He was trying to keep his droplets in. We're all dealing with that. We're all dealing with that. And he's like, oh, God, you know, what's, but why is God allowing us to deal with this? We're the church, right? We're the church. It's supposed to be like, we're the church. Nothing can harm us. Again, people online right now, God bless them. If you're one of them, I don't mean this to be harm, but there's a bunch of people online saying, you know, we can't let this defeat us. We got to come together as the church. Come on, folks. This is not about, if we've got to come together in a building to prove we're the church, we're actually not the church. I'm going to drop the mic. I just dropped the mic. If we got to come together in the building to prove we're the church, are we really the church? Are we that pathetic that we have to have the ability to come together to be the church? Or are we the church because we've baptized in the same name and filled with the same spirit? Praise God. And a few minutes ago when we began to worship together, we worship together in spirit and in truth. So if God's brought us into the situation, why? Because there's things in us he wants to pull out of us. If you look at this, if you could look at this situation we're in, this virus we're living in, where it's not about God punishing you or God trying to mess with you, but God's trying to pull something out of you. There's gold in you. He's getting out of you. If you would look at this, instead of going through this like, oh, when is this going to end? It's like, you know what, God? It doesn't matter how long I'm dealing with this. You are faithful. And you're going to come out of this with faith and trust. You're going to be like a giant in God. And giant in God. But look at this. Watch what happens, right? So we're in this situation. You've got the Red Sea. You've got the mountains. And you've got Pharaoh. And I mean, and the, and the Israelites are freaking out. Freaking out about this. Nowhere to go. No place to run. Impossible situation. And the Bible says, at that point, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after him, and they were afraid. You know what? Can't blame them. I've got to be honest with you. Water on one side, mountain, mountain, and a bunch of angry dudes with swords, spears, and arrows. I, you know, I know a couple of you. There's always one. Oh, man, bring it on. You know what? I'd be like, oh, dear God, what's going to happen? And the Bible says they were so they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. I want you to place yourself in this situation, all you big, brave people. Think about that. You've got your family around you. You've got your kids. I've got my three kids, Hope, Charity, Noah, 13, 10, and 7. We're huddled around. I've got my wife huddled around. Here we are. We, we've, we've followed God the best we know how. We've, we've ended up, and now we've come out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. In fact, you begin to hear the rumbling of the chariots, the, the rumbling of the ground because the chariots are growing near and the fear that's beginning to grip you has to be paralyzing. And even the Israelites said it. He said, hey, you know, <laughs> uh, were there no graves in Egypt? I mean, if the Lord wanted to kill us, why didn't he just kill us back there? Why did he have to bring us out here to kill us? Why did God bring us out? They were scared. And you know what? If I was in their situation... You know what? I know all of us was like, oh, by God, I trust God. I'll be in it. I'm going to trust God. You know what? Most of us would be hiding underneath our little our little oxen cart. I would. I'd have been like, everybody, we need to get down. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. This is not good. We'd all have been that way. And you know what's amazing about this? Here's the beauty about this. God is so patient with us in this sort of flesh we deal with every day. He's so 
patient with us. He's not a hard taskmaster. He doesn't beat us up. In fact, God knew Israel was going to be scared. He knew. In fact, he would have been okay with them praying something like this. Lord, you know, we're afraid. We're, we're just, we're, de- we're, we're dealing with fear right now. We know you've always been faithful. You've delivered us. You've delivered our fathers. We get all that. When we were in Egypt, you delivered us from the death angel. We saw that happen. But God, we're scared. And we know you have the power to deliver us out of this crisis, no matter how bleak it looks. But Father, we commit ourselves into your hands and we trust you. God would have, God would have been okay with that. God's not, God's not ashamed to, that today that you say, God, you know what? I'm scared. Every time I leave my house, God, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to go to the store. Every time I leave the house, God, I, I'm afraid to deal with what I'm dealing with today. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to Walmart. I don't want to go to Costco or Sam's or Target. I don't want to go to Home Depot or Lowe's. I don't want to go to these places, God, because every time I go in there, I'm afraid. I'm fearful. I don't want to go to work because I don't know if my coworker has got something. God, I'm afraid. But God, I know that you're faithful. I know that you're able. And ultimately, Lord, I deliver myself. I trust you. I put my life in your hands. I put my health in your hands. I put my family in your hands. I put my finances in your hands. I put my home in your hands. I put my car payment in your hands. I put my mortgage in your hands. I put the food on my table in your hands. Did the Israelites do this? Nope. In fact, scripture says this. They said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, has God taken us away into the wilderness to die? Wherefore has God dealt Thus with us to carry us out of Egypt. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. That was their attitude. Really, they were being sarcastic, in some ways almost blasphemous in their attitude. They were really charging God with the desire to kill them. It wasn't really a cry of faith, but right now we're all facing sort of this dilemma. Do we say, God, are you, what are you doing up there? Why are you doing this? Or do we say, God, we don't understand it. We know that this is a difficult situation, but God, we trust you and put ourselves in your hands. Maybe today you've asked something along the lines of, what am I supposed to do when I'm brought into this unwinnable crisis? What do I do when everything fears, feels or looks hopeless? When there's no real escape? What do I do when I'm overcome by fear? Because everything around me seems to be falling down. I have nowhere to turn. I have no answers for my problems. And no one to tell me how to get out of my trouble. Here's how God answered Israel. And I believe this is how God's answering us today. God's answer to Israel when they faced this crisis was, Fear not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. The Lord was really saying, The first matter you've got to deal with is your fear, your emotion. The second thing you've got to do is understand that I'm going to fight for you. Hear my words. 
The second thing you've got to do is you've got to stand. See that I'm going to save you and deliver you. Let this promise be your strength. You have a chance today to hold on to what you think. Hold on to what CNN, MSNBC, Fox News is telling you. You have a chance to hold on to what, I mean, my goodness, everybody has an opinion online right now and everybody seems to tell you what to do, how to avoid it. Or you can stop, you can listen, and you can react. I think all of us in this moments of chaos, in this moments of difficulty, have an opportunity We need to stop, we need to listen, and we need to react. Not act, meaning we need to react. And why do I mean the difference between act and react? The difference is, is because if I'm acting, I'm the one initiating it. But if I'm reacting, I'm simply going after what God is doing. So the first thing all of us need to do is stop. Cease from trying to figure this out. Cease from trying to come up with the answer. We just need to stop. Pause. Take a moment. Study ourselves. Be honest with God if you've got fear, if you've got worry, if you've got doubt, if you've got uncertainty. Tell God that today. Say, God, I'm afraid. God, I don't understand. God, I'm worried. God, I've got depression. God, I've got uncertainty. Be honest with God. He already knows. Stop, though. Tell God your emotions. But then pause. Listen. Listen. I believe if you listen long enough, if you would calm the voice of your mind, if you would steady the voice of fear, if you would shun the voice of depression, the voice of accusation, the voice of cry and the crisis, and you would just shut it all out and you would stop and you would listen. You would hear the still small voice of God. He's going to tell you, stand still, see my salvation. And then you'll be able to react to what God's doing. So you know what? If you're going to continue to run around trying to figure this all out, do I need a mask? Do I need gloves? How am I going to pay my bills? Oh, my goodness. You know, what if I'm out of work for another couple months? Can I afford my mortgage? Can I afford my car? Am I going to lose this? Am I going to lose my house? Can I put food on my table? All of this stuff. I mean, unemployment is unemployment claims in this country is like three million people. You may be next on the list. I don't know. Who knows? Are you going to say, oh, man, God, have you lost control? God, what's happening? What, what are you going to do, God? Or does God have this? Has God's green line led you to this, brought you to this moment? If you say it has, then you only have one choice. Stop, listen, and react. What do the promises of God say in his word? His promises said he will never leave us or forsake us. His promises says, he said, I am with you always. He said to Israel, stand still and see the salvation. Let me fight the battle for you. You and I don't have to figure out the answer to all of the difficulties that we're facing now or we're going to face in the next coming weeks and the next coming months. Our job is we need to stop, listen, and react. Stop, listen, and react. Because you know what? We're doing that now. We're stopping. We're listening to the news. We're listening to the governor. We're listening to the president. And I'm not saying we should stop doing that. And what do we do? We're reacting off of what they're doing. 
Don't go crowds of 250. Don't go crowds of 50. Don't go crowds of 10. Stay home. Isolate yourself. We're doing that now. And yes, should we obey what the government's telling us? Yes, for the safety of the public, for the safety of our family, 100%. I'm not here to say we should stop that. I'm simply saying, who is the authority in my life? Ultimately, it's God. And God's telling somebody today, you need to stop. You need to listen to me. And you need to react. Because if you would do that, he's going to give you peace. He's going to give you comfort. He's going to give you a a, a calmness that's going to come over you and your family. Fear will go. Depression's going to go. If you would stop, listen, react. Israel was brought to a place of impossibility, so they had to stop. They had to listen. And God spoke to them and said, Stand still and see the salvation. And then guess what happened? Whether or not you believe this or not, the Bible says that the waters began to parted and they reacted and walked over to the other side on dry land. You know what? Some of us are jumping in the water trying to swim across instead of standing on the shore, listening to the voice of God and letting God part the waters. I feel that strongly. Somebody needs to hear me. Some of you have jumped in the water and you just, I mean, you're just doing the good old Michael Phelps. You are pumping your arms trying to get across the other side to save you out of this crisis. But if you would stop, listen, God will part the waters that you can react and walk over on dry land. But you've got a choice today. What are you going to do? You're going to try to continue to hear the voice of the world, the voice of the adversary, the voice of Satan, the voice of fear, the voice of doubt, the voice of depression. Are you going to stop, still yourself, and hear the voice of God and let God part the sea in front of you? Because if it looks impossible, that's only because you're looking with these eyes. But if you would look through the eyes of your heart and look through the eyes of the Spirit, you will see that there is nothing impossible for God. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all Things are possible. I wish you would just stop for a moment right now as I stop today. Thank you for joining with me today. For those of you that have joined with us today, wherever you've been, if you would just stop for a moment. Stop. We're going to pray. We're going to listen so that we can react. Father, thank you today. I have felt your spirit. I've felt your passion, your desire, your faith come through today as I have done my best to speak your word as as it has come to me. And Lord, I know for a lot of us it's difficult. This is a difficult time. It's a difficult medium watching online versus being in together in a in a worship gathering, a, a celebration gathering. But God, I know you're faithful. I know today you're trying to touch somebody's heart. You're trying to speak into somebody's life because there's gold in them. They don't see it now. They think it's just a doorstop. They think it's just something that's in them, but you see the value in it. And I'm asking you, Lord, that you would give us the grace to stop, to listen, and to react. Speak to your people. Speak to those right now that may not even know you, but God, as they cry out to you and say, God, help me that you would draw near to them and you would speak to them even in the midst of their fear and their worry and their chaos. 
I speak all this in Jesus' name. I believe this, confess this in Jesus' name. Let it be in Jesus' name. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for watching today. I pray that you are blessed. I pray that you are ministered to in some way about what has been spoken today. If this has touched you and you feel like maybe there's somebody else that will be ministered to, please share this with somebody else. Let God work in you and through you, even in the midst of all this chaos. Join us tonight. We'll be back on here tonight at 7 o'clock. My wife and I will be hanging out with you live on Facebook. For those of you that are a part of the Antioch West family, we'd love for you to come hang out with us for a few minutes, uh, probably about 30 minutes. We'll hang out. Uh, maybe we'll have a little bit of interaction with you on Facebook. You can invite somebody, a friend, family, coworker, come hang out with us. We're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about living for God, walking with God, even in the midst of all this crisis we're dealing with. So hang out with us tonight, seven o'clock, invite somebody to come hang out with us. And uh, let's just see what God will do. God bless you. Be safe out there. If you're in Antioch West, you're probably going to be going to your virtual small group. So do that. Don't stop being a part of the small group. We can't stop being disciples. We are disciples 24 seven. And so we're going to continue that. So if you're Antioch West, jump on a small group. If you're not a part of Antioch West and you want to join one of our small groups, we'd love to have you. You can be a part. You can reach out and contact us um, and you can let us know that you want to be a part. We'd get you involved in a small group. No matter where you are, you can join into one of our small groups. Right now, we're doing them virtually. So right now, about uh, 15 small groups are going to meet right after I'm done. They're going to meet virtually. They're going to talk about what was just ministered today. They're going to encourage one another. They're going to apply it in their life so that they can grow in discipleship. So our life groups are going to be meeting in just a few minutes. So encourage you right now, Antioch West family, get to your life group, even if it's in your PJs. Get to your life group. God bless you. Love you. Hang out with us tonight at 7 o'clock. Be safe out there. We're going to get through this step at a time with Jesus if we just stop, listen, and react. God bless you. Be safe. In Jesus' name.